what if your consciousness can't leave because you haven't actually died, died, you, you know, because you're in this state of suspended animation and you can potentially be revived, your consciousness isn't going to leave and let you be a zombie, right? And so are you frozen with conscious your consciousness just sitting there next to the tank waiting for, like, the body to come back? Are you, um, are you lying there in hell? Um stuck as though you had locked in syndrome for years after years after years in a tank filled with liquid nitrogen i mean like we don't know and imagine if that was the case like that you're subjecting yourself to this hell um until we can understand the nature of consciousness and what it is i think that it's a very risky business you're listening to the r2's fitness audio experience deadlift podcast My name's Serena DC, and I'm an investigative filmmaker that's always been so fascinated about what happens to you when you die. The fear of death is rooted in a lot of human suffering. See where your fear comes from, because we're not born with it. And as I'm feeling myself hover above my, my physical body, I'm looking down. Uh, were you afraid? No was not afraid at all another episode of the deadlift podcast i am your host ken r2s and in this episode it's it's very very intriguing set of topics it's going to provide value i always aim to provide you the audience with value with all my guests here but it's also going to be an interesting eye-opener i'm speaking with serena dc emmy nominated documentary filmmaker reality star talk show host we're going to be speaking about her upcoming film that delves on the topic of life after death beyond the grave this film is set to release on the 5th of september across video on demand and in this documentary serena dc she meets with the world's leading scientists doctors experts mediums and paranormal investigators to discover if there is really life beyond the grave once again i cannot overstate how exciting this this conversation was with serena dc so these are a set of topics that i am so very much interested in diving into i could spend hours 
spoken about this and it was truly a pleasure to engage with someone who has conducted research in the field are aliens walking among us is life after death real very very fascinating set of topics so clear your mind have an open mind let's delve into everything here presented in this conversation and tell me what you think your comments are appreciated follow share this podcast by doing so it allows me to create more content and engage with very interesting conversations with indie filmmakers indie artists producers writers etc so without further ado here is my very interesting conversation with serena dc good evening ladies and gentlemen this evening we have a very interesting guest and a very interesting set of topics serena dc emmy nominated documentary filmmaker reality star and talk show host will be discussing her latest film beyond the grave wow very interesting documentary that will be releasing on vod on the 5th of september before we begin thank you for your time for this interview no problem at all thanks for having me ken uh before we get into the slate of questions a little bit about yourself an origin story quick two minutes who you are a little bit about your career uh, well, I'm actually a 40-year-old Aussie mum, <laughs> so probably uh, one of the more unlikely people to be making documentaries about the afterlife and aliens and UFOs and things like that. Um, but yeah, born, born and raised in Australia and moved over here about a year and a half ago. Um, and I used to work in the reality TV space, but now I've pivoted over into uh, making documentaries about things I'm passionate about, such as um, the afterlife. Let's just jump right into it. Uh, what led you to this path in covering these uh, topics, UFOs, afterlife? What, is, what did you find so intriguing about this? Well, I mean, you know, like for the, the when I first arrived in Hollywood, I had my own talk show called Hollywood Disclosure, and I was, you know, working in the reality space and in the in the celebrity space, but it wasn't really feeding my soul the way that um, I needed it to, and so I decided to start making documentaries about things that um, I was passionate about and things that pissed me off. So um, if I saw a problem in the world that I um, thought needed help fixing, then I would make a documentary about that. But also I've always been really interested in the paranormal and extraterrestrials and um, what happens when you die, all of those sorts of, sorts of things. So um, I'm devoting the second half of my life to uh, doing stuff that, only doing stuff that I'm interested in. Yeah, that's what they always say. Always find something that you're passionate about and go go with it. Right. For this documentary, there's so many topics. We got uh, cryogenics. We have uh, psychics. Let's start with the psychic part. I, I always find this topic to be intriguing. Uh, people that have this sixth sense that they could see things around, especially children. 
children have animals have it i know uh, animals have it because they always have this tingling sensation about them uh, a little bit about that uh, what have you in your research what have you discovered and what are your thoughts about this topic well, I mean, we only use a very small part of our brain and you you have to wonder what the rest of it is there for. I've Like a lot of people that I've been meeting in this uh, paranormal realm and also talking about extraterrestrials and things like that, you know, we all believe that we have um, the answers to everything inside of our heads. But for some reason, when you live on this planet, you only have access to a very small amount of that information, of that data. And I believe that there are people on this earth that um, have access to a little bit more um, than some others do as well but it's been interesting talking to mediums clairvoyants um, people that have had near-death experiences because all of them say that prior to having these these life-changing experiences they didn't have a sixth sense it was um, in dying or in witnessing something paranormal that they were almost led inside the club that they were like given um, extra abilities or extra knowledge that uh, we don't know how to access yet ourselves in your opinion do you think with our advent technology, we have everything at our fingertips, we have TVs, do you think that that's distorting the sixth sense that we, we have if we just don't use it? Honestly, I think that as time goes by, people are tapping into their sixth sense more and more. If you think about religion and, and life back in the 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, it, it was not okay to like steer off the beaten path and to be interested in the occult. In fact, back in the 1920s, you could get killed for having uh, views like that. But now that we live in a world where information is open source and everybody is connected through the internet and other means, I feel like if anything more, we're being able to tap into these six, six senses. Because if you say to somebody, hey, I can um, I can channel the dead, instead of people thinking you're crazy, they're like, wow, that's really cool. Can you see if you can find my brother? Um, <laughs> I think as people become less sensitized about religion and tap into um, what else is out there, um, the more people are going to turn up and saying, hey, I have got this sixth sense. And in the press release, th th this really caught my attention. The first sentence here, although living through a global pandemic in 2022, death has been placed at the forefront. Let me stop right there. Everyone was scared to die. All of a sudden, everybody was getting the vaccines. Well, that's a different topic. But right there, we saw humanity's fear and death. Uh, what are your thoughts about what we just went through? Is did you have well, that realization I, too? I think that people don't like to talk about death. You know, it, it's never been a, co a topic people like to talk about because it makes people sad. Um, but I think COVID brought, brought death to the forefront every single day. When I lived in Australia, we were getting told how many people died. Today, this many people died. Today, that many people died. So death became part of our life. Um, and I think that, you know, COVID was really responsible for that. And whilst COVID was terrible, I think it's great that we've become much more open about discussing uh, death. Uh, families around the world have had conversations about what do you want to have happen when you die? Do you want to be buried or cremated? And more people are asking what happens when we die? So I think that, you know, again, whilst the pandemic was horrific, it, it definitely helped with furthering the conversation about death. It normalized talking about it. Yeah. 
it was a uh, very interesting times right there and right. we're still talking about it because new variants are coming out and i wouldn't say i gotta choose the words right people are becoming more fearful now than before with these mm. new things that is popping up in recent news which actually surprises me. I mean, you know, we were all terrified about the pandemic and then it kind of just came and went and, and we survived. Um, I, I hope that this time around, if it comes back like it did before, that we'll, we'll worry a little bit less. Uh, I hope so too. <laughs> <laughs> now, a very interesting thing happened to me today. We had this interview set up. We were going to be talking about the afterlife and some and and related topics i had a very peculiar conversation it came out of the blue i was talking to an elderly person and he was describing his car accident of back in 1983 mm -hmm. and he stated that he went into the tunnel i'm like what do you mean like yeah i went into the tunnel and i was going towards the light and he described everything in vivid detail like if it mm -hmm. happened yesterday so, but how did you know you were in the tunnel? I was in a coma for two two days. And I was saying to myself, that is a very interesting conversation. Mm -hmm. It happens to be on the same day that I'm going to be interviewing you. So I don't know if that's coincidental or what. Hey. <laughs> but I bring it up because a lot of people state that when you're in a coma or some type of traumatic event that they're in an uh, unconscious state, that they see things either mm. Virgin Mary or hell or the tunnel in your research what do you think about all these different types of visions well you know it's interesting like I'd always been interested in near-death experiences but I'd never really uh bothered to study them properly so the only thing I'd ever heard was when there was a news report about one person talking about it or a celebrity was telling a story about it but when we made the documentary we got to spend time with hundreds of near-death experiences and and one interesting statistic that I found out was this one in 12 people that code on the operating table in a hospital will have a near-death experience one in 12 over 1 million people this year will have a near-death experience. Like those, those numbers are shocking because it's, it's showing you that it isn't something that's obscure and rare and experienced by weird and strange people. It's literally happening with, with just like a alarming frequency. And all of these people are telling the same story. All of them float above their bodies and are able to look down at their bodies and quite often they see themselves being operated on or being revived or whatever. And when they come back, they're able to give very specific details about what the doctor looked like, what they said, what procedures were done on them, things that they couldn't possibly know unless they were in the room looking at themselves. So that's the first thing that I find really compelling and interesting because uh, how? The second thing is they all talk about going through a tunnel. They talk about seeing God-like characters, so, and it varies from person to person. If you're a Buddhist, you see Buddha. If you're a Catholic, you see God. Um, and so what philosophers believe is that you're just seeing a guide there, someone that you trust, and, and your, um, your mind conjures up whoever you need to see to make that transition easy. Then you go through a life review, and in that life review, you basically look at everything that happened to you during your life, and you see all the mistakes you made, all the good that you did, and there's no judgment there. You, you, you're just seeing it so that lessons can be learned for your next life or your next um, 
experience, I guess. Um, and then you're often left with um, old acquaintances, friends and family and people that feel familiar to you. And depending on how long you're in a coma for or you're quote unquote dead for, um, the more you'll further that experience. One person we spoke to, Dr. Evan Alexander, was in a coma for three weeks and he actually experienced what he believes to be around 20 years worth of life on the other side. He had relationships, he had a job, he had a, a very deep life experience. And he also spent time with extraterrestrials there, not just humans, you know. And then when they come back, all of them say that they, they come back with a brand new life path and also a sixth sense, a new ability that they never had before. Um, and the life path is always the same. It might manifest differently, but it's always the same. And that is that they need to help people to um, understand consciousness and understand um, the transition between life and death. You know, and millions of people having these same experiences over and over again. I mean, there has to be something in that, right? Exactly. And there's some parts of the brain that you have uh, liberated to this earlier, which we don't use scientists mm. has not tapped into it yet but what about i, I keep an open mind and mm. it's so intriguing but the scientists who study science they are hardcore skeptics uh what are your opinions on what they have to say that maybe this is something the mind conjured up for comfort or something like that I mean, I would, I would agree with that. I, like you can un almost understand how you can see a white light, you know, similar to when you, f when you're about to faint, you know, everything kind of goes black. Maybe everything goes white when you're dying, you know, you can understand why people might see God or do a life review or see friends and family. You can, you, you know, like these things are kind of logical, but the fact that everyone is describing their journey to the afterlife in exactly the same way. And the fact that they're all coming back with these altered life paths, all coming back with these six senses that tells me that there's something more you know much much more and also god or whoever created humans doesn't make mistakes everything in our body we use to full capacity you know we're not using this much of our liver we're using our whole liver we're not using this much of our heart we're using all of it right but our brain <laughs> we're only using six percent god doesn't make mistakes he didn't give us 94 percent extra brain for no reason right <laughs> just to take up the space <laughs> yeah we'll just fill in the cranium make it bigger even though we only need that much you know that doesn't make sense to me yeah there has to be a purpose for that there and and that's what's cool about life right if we had all the answers to all of the questions life would be boring um i love that that it's we're on it you know it's the search we're all on a mission to understand who we are and where we come from Exactly. We're on a mission to figure things out that right. regular cool. science just throws it away as nonsense, let's say. Although they're but, really coming on board now. I mean, like I've, oh, I've been yeah. working a lot in the UFO ET world and, you know, at the moment, Stanford University is opening up a department um, that's studying extraterrestrial life. Um, you know, like if you ask Stanford or Harvard or someone like that to have that department 20 years ago, it would be a joke. But now it's real. Now actual university students studying science can sign up to that um, because they believe that there is something to it, you know. So I think the more that we evolve, the more science does start saying, well, let's research it. 
Let's see, instead of just saying no. If we would have said no uh, back in the 1800s, we wouldn't discover that the planets revolve around the sun instead of the sun around the Earth. So if we didn't say no 100 years ago, then we'd have free energy, wouldn't we? And oh, our planet yeah. wouldn't be in the terrible state that it's in either. So Exactly. Yeah. Oh, we could, well, let's go into conspiracy. We could thank the CIA for taking Tesla's, Tesla's uh, paperwork. Sure can. Well, that's a different topic. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's bridge uh, the paranormal with science. Uh, cryogenics. Right. Where are we at with this technology? We've seen it so many times in sci-fi movies. Is it something that is happening right now? It is. I mean, I went to Alcor. So Alcor is one of the first and the biggest cryogenics uh, labs in America, if not the world. And, you know, I was able to walk amongst the, the cryogenic tanks and actually see the bodies and brains of the people that are, are vitrified there. I mean... The place was created by somebody that's an atheist. This is somebody that does not believe that there is life beyond death and that does not believe that there's a soul. So I understand why he created the technology because if you could extend your life because you'll never have anything else afterward, why wouldn't you do it? And if I wasn't a believer in the afterlife and spirit and all of that sort of stuff, I would definitely consider being frozen because I'd love to be thought out in the year 1378, right? Um but the problem, there are two problems that I have with it. One is that they they vitrify the body. They don't freeze it. The vitrification process puts antifreeze into the veins of the body. Um, and the science is very, very new and it's not being supported uh, by the community. So um, is is the process 100% safe? I don't, I don't know. And then the second thing is they don't know how to four you out yet. They don't know how to do it. They haven't figured it out. So you're kind of um, participating in a science experiment that doesn't have a resolution. Um, and what if that people just lose interest in it? Do you just sit there in that tank forever <laughs> because they can't figure out how to thaw you out? That's that's my only concern with it. Right. You know. But my opinion with that is, of course, you're freezing the body, you're freezing the brain, but there's more to us. We, we talked about it earlier. We only use a certain percentage of our brain. Right. What if the other percentage of our brain is our soul or the way we are? If we have pets, let's say, mm. for example, two kittens are not the same. One could have a different characteristic. The other could be antisocial. The other one could be friendly. Those are things that we don't even understand how right. they inherited. So to freeze it, unfreeze it, is that going to be there? Well, I mean, you know, like I, I talked to Adam Curry. He's in the movie. He's a consciousness expert. What that means is he's actually a genius and he's studying um, studying consciousness and trying to work out what it is, where it comes from, where it lives inside of you. And one fear that he had is that what if your consciousness can't leave because you haven't actually died, died, you, you know, because you're in this state of suspended animation you, and you can potentially be revived, your consciousness isn't going to leave and let you be a zombie, right? And so are you frozen with conscious your consciousness just sitting there next to the tank waiting for, like, the body to come back? Are you, um, are you lying there in hell, um, stuck as though you had locked-in syndrome? for years after years after years in a tank filled with liquid nitrogen. I mean, like, we don't know. And imagine if that was the case, like that you're subjecting yourself to this hell. 
um, until we can understand the nature of consciousness and what it is, I think that it's a, f- a very risky business. You know, oh, it's certainly not something absolutely. I would want to want to do unless it was a last resort. Absolutely, and if the technology is more advanced than we are right now. Right. And I think it's also sort of, you know, it's sending out the wrong message because for me, it's like, enjoy every single day of your life as much as you can. And, um, you know, be grateful for the time you've been allocated on this planet. And when it's over, accept your fate and move on. Um, I, I don't think that interrupting like your life path in that manner is, is probably the right thing to do. You're right. just going to let it, let it flow. <laughs> exactly. Two words on this press release, or what one word sticks out for me, uh, the afterlife. So the afterlife and reincarnation, people use it interchangeably. What are the difference between the two? And from your point of view, sure. which one is more plausible? Hmm. I think they go hand in hand. So with, with reincarnation, what you're basically um, suggesting is that when you die, your soul leaves your body, then it finds a new body uh, vessel to inhabit. And then th- when that uh, body is reborn, um, the soul now comes back in, in a new body with very little recollection of what happened to it in the previous body. Um, Whereas with the afterlife, what you're basically talking about is the place where you go after you've died. They're intrinsically linked because what most people believe is that when you die, you go to the afterlife, you spend some time there reviewing the the lessons that you've learned, and then you you decide what new lessons you want to learn on this planet or somewhere else. And then when a body becomes available for you that's going to allow you to live the life that will put you in front of those lessons, you're then reincarnated. So they really do both go hand in hand. You can't kind of have one without the other. Interesting, interesting. One word that you have mentioned in the beginning, extraterrestrials. Yes. Uh, there, there's uh, many theories that angelic beings could be extraterrestrials, and they cite some uh, scriptures in the Bible that do describe alien, alien technology, mm-hmm. but it's hidden as angelic beings. Uh, beams of light, for example, it could be uh, lasers. What is your take on those two things, religion and aliens being related? Well, you know, I spend a lot of time um, researching the alien phenomena. I've got a lot of documentaries about them that have come out and that are coming out soon. And and I'm privileged to be able to speak to a lot of experts in, in this world and to garner all of their knowledge together. And, and Many people in the UFO world believe that there is a direct link between UFOs, spirit, and the afterlife. In fact, Dr. Evan Alexander, who is in the documentary, he um, was an atheist and a neurosurgeon, and he did not believe in the afterlife. But when he um, fell sick and was in a coma for three weeks, he um, experienced the afterlife. And he, he was there for, as I said, a long period of time. And when he was up there, he saw all manner of humans, but he also saw many different species of extraterrestrial beings. And he said that they walked among the humans as though it was just the most normal thing in the world. You have black people, white people, Asian people, reptilians, greys, and and there was sort of no difference between any of them. They were just beings. Um, And so I tend to believe that, yeah, um, if if I die Serena the human, I might choose to come back Serena or, or 
Jonathan the Grey alien on, in the Pallades constellation. Um, a lot of philosophers really talk about the concept of oneness, that there's only one soul in this entire universe and that when we die, sorry, that there's only one soul in this universe split up into 8 billion at the moment. And when we die, we go back to source and then we go back out again and then we go in and then we go out. Like we are all one. And I think if you believe in that philosophy, then extraterrestrial life is just perfectly plausible. Hmm. Remote viewing, psychics, mm. mediums. There's also a connection the CIA has been using. Well, they have used, I don't know. They probably are. Anyway. Yeah. That they have discovered things on Mars. They have discovered things on the moon. During your research, have you come across things like that? And what's your opinion on that? Remote viewing is really interesting because I've, I've met a few people that um, say that they can do it. One of them is Dr. Stephen Greer. I don't know if you've heard of his name. He's very oh, big. And, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I made a film with him and it's funny because, like, um, he, he can remote view and, you know, he spent time with extraterrestrials and being given a set of protocols he uses to make um, telepathic contact with them, allegedly. Anyway, um, one thing that I always find very funny is that if I'm ever talking about him, he'll call. It's as if he knows, you know. I sometimes think, is he watching me? <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, sometimes I'll be having this huge deep conversation about him with someone and then he calls. So, you know, I, I believe that I believe that it's something that can be done, um, but I believe it's a, a superpower that needs to really be, like, harnessed to be able to to be able to do it i mean we're humans we're magical we can do it we can do anything yes we can we just have to tap into that ability yeah and it's just like learning how to drive i mean you get in you get behind a wheel for the first time you don't know what you're doing and it's terrifying but the more that you drive the better you become until it becomes completely subconscious and you don't even really need to be there mentally to be able to move the vehicle it's the same with telepathy and it's the same with remote viewing it's about exercising the muscle until you're able to just do it with with ease exactly and i had mentioned at the top of this podcast children animals they feel this they feel this sixth sense and children especially, they could tell you, oh, I've seen something in my room. Right. And parents oftentimes dismiss that as an act of imagination. They're like, wait, you're describing something. What does it look like? And they could go into vivid detail mm. or see grandma who passed away 20 years ago. It's, it's incredible. I have a theory about it. I have a theory yes. about it, if you, if you would indulge me for a moment. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I feel like, you know, when children um, have these memories of past lives, I feel like if they, if they died suddenly and then they were in the other place and they knew straight away what lessons they wanted to learn and a body became available for them to beam into, that would, would help them with those lessons. But if it happened quickly, I feel like because they got dumped into that body straight away some of those residual memories were still there i um dr evan alexander said the longer that he stayed in the afterlife or in this other place the more he forgot about his family on earth and his son and his his life to the point where when he eventually woke up he didn't have amnesia he knew mathematical equations he could read write spell everything perfect um, but his children, he had to relearn, re-remember who they were, these kids he'd had in his life forever because it started to 
fade away. That life started to fade away for him. So that's what I think. I think when children come back and they have these memories, it's because they were only up there for a second and it was like, nope, we've got the body for you. Let's go. And um, yeah, it's, some of it remained. Right. Uh, I've been a fan of this these paranormal since I was a little kid. 10, 9 years old, I'd go to the library. My mother would say, what type of books are you reading? Take those books back. She thought it was yeah. kind of creepy. <laughs> but one story that really stuck out to me since you brought it up, uh, this young boy, I think he was 8, 7 years old, and he recalled his previous life. He was a World War II uh, fighter pilot. Mm, I know this, this story. Kid, I love this yeah, story. Yeah, he described mm. everything in vivid detail. So there's got to be something behind well, he well, I believe that this boy actually went and met the family, so yes, met the the siblings and the family members of the person that he remembered, and the way he described him was just so accurate and so so spot on. So I mean, yeah, I think I think that sometimes we do we do remember some things. I think all of us do inherently, and I think that probably influences our personality a lot, the things that we're into. They say that people like you and me that are interested in the paranormal and um, aliens in particular um, are probably because one of our lives or our last life wasn't human, you know? Like, mm -hmm. I don't know about you, but if you watch a documentary about extraterrestrials does it or a movie, does it give you comfort? Like, do you, do you enjoy it? Does it give you comfort when you watch it? Um, it gives me comfort and it piques my interest even more. I right. And, more you, and you can watch it like 10 times, like your favorite extraterrestrial movie. You can watch it so many times. Mm -hmm. And it's because it's almost like, you know, it's family. Like you, it, it makes you feel at home. Whereas other people will watch it and would have a completely different reaction to it. You should delve deeper into it. Oh, for sure <laughs> believe me it's it's one of those topics that i can't get enough of uh i think uh dr greer yeah mentioned something recently the recent events that is happening here and it really sh I, I can't recall his exact words but he described that congress our government hmm. we're going to be talking more about ufos quote-unquote uap uap yes. whatever they're calling it now. yeah <laughs> what's your take on this that just happened recently our government is admitting that we have bodies we have ships right and it's all leading to what he had mentioned that would be a fake invasion well, I don't know about a fake inv fake invasion. You know, like he gets his intel from different places. But I can tell you I'm about to interview Grush, which is really exciting. And um, I spoke to somebody from Congress. Uh, well, I spoke to the world's leading um, UFO lobbyist, a, a man named Stephen Bassett, who's good friends with Grush and who was at the congressional hearing recently. And he tells me that he believes as early as the end of September this year, um, there'll be a more meaningful disclosure coming from the government. Because you see, Grush, Grush was giving secondhand testimony. So he was told by the people that allegedly saw these extraterrestrial beings that they existed. He was told and he was telling Congress. But apparently uh, by the end of September, the people that told him, the people that did spend time with the extraterrestrials and the craft um, have agreed to come forward and they're preparing their testimony now. So whether or not the uh, earth decides to believe them is one thing, but these are um, really high up, highly ranked government officials that are about to blow a massive whistle. So I think things are about to get really interesting, but it's just going to be whether or not people choose to believe 
or not believe. Uh, very interesting. Mm. And final two questions, but the last question is basically to plug your social media and any information <laughs> sure. for the film. But this last one, we have delved into different topics, consciousness, religion, extraterrestrials. Now let's tie them all together. If, let's say, tomorrow an announcement is extraterrestrials do exist, what is your opinion on world religious religion in general? How Do you think it will collapse? Do you think it would continue? Not well, it's very, it's very interesting because uh, recently at the Vatican, um, the I can't remember the exact um, job title, but, you know, the people very high up in the Vatican have now finally, for the first time in human history, acknowledged the existence of life on other planets and UFOs. They've basically said that they do believe that there's life on other planets. Um, so it's almost as though they know that disclosure is coming. They know that we're about to actually um, have more meaningful contact with the other beings and so they're quickly um shifting the narrative so that um they don't have egg on their face when it happens um and i believe it's the same with the government too i think that the reason they're choosing to disclose now and it is a choice they could they could silence grush they could silence whoever they want they've been doing it for years um the reason that they're not is because something's coming and they don't want to be the idiots that said that we were alone when clearly we're not. Um, I've asked so many people recently, what do you think will happen when um, meaningful disclosure happens, when, when meaningful contact happens? Most people believe that humanity will be okay. Most people think it will be a shock, but then we'll just get on with it because we thought COVID was, would be the end of us, and it wasn't. We banded together. We got through it. Uh, we We adapted. We evolved. And now we're fine. It'll be a shock, um, but I think we'll be all the better for it. Oh, I certainly hope so. Unless it's like Independence Day, then we're all fucked. <laughs> <laughs> if, I have a theory before I yeah. jump into the next one. Sure. If that were to happen, it would have happened a long time ago. That's what they all say. That's what everyone yeah. I speak to says. They have that. They have if they have the technology to fly over here, they have the technology to take whatever they want, whenever they want, and um, they could even if they were going to do it in a very small way, um, they could be mining our gold and taking our uranium and doing whatever they wanted, and they're just not. Um, exactly. So I, I don't. I don't think that they have a malevolent intent. What I do believe is that the way we treat our planet is terrible, and that they're concerned about the way that we're treating our planet. So, if anything, I think they might take away our um, our electricity or our ability to use fossil fuels for energy. Um, I don't think they'd hurt us, but I think they'd stop us from hurting ourselves that, that is true that is that's a great perspective <laughs> and now uh, we are closing the interview what well, a conversation i like to call it sure. a conversation. uh please plug your social media and anything else you would like to add regarding your upcoming film Thank you so much, Ken. So my um, Instagram is I am Serena DC. Uh, check it out. We quite often post a lot of behind the scenes content when we're filming UFO and paranormal uh, stuff. So have a have a look at that. And um, the movie is called Beyond the Grave, and it comes out on the fifth of September worldwide. And you can get it on Amazon, Apple TV, YouTube, pretty much anywhere that you download 
awesome content. <laughs> Ken, thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. It thank so you for fun. the great conversation and the insights. <laughs> Have a great, great career. Many blessings. Thank you. Bye-bye.